Good morning, Kirk in the Hills. I want to welcome you to Northminster Presbyterian Church. For those of you who have been keeping track of my journey, I've been serving as bridge interim pastor here at Northminster Presbyterian Church. And I want to invite you in to join me for worship today. We're going to be filming from inside the sanctuary. So welcome to my corner of town and let us begin worship. Would you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Spirit of the living God, melt us, mold us, fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us again today. Amen. I don't remember the first time I said goodbye. This dinosaur is a reminder to me of that. I moved when I was three years old, for the second time actually. I had a babysitter who had watched us and every time she would bring over toys and this one was my favorite. So as a farewell gift, she decided to give me my favorite stuffed animal dinosaur. Two years later, my family moved again. I do remember this goodbye. I had to say goodbye to my neighborhood friend, Jenny. Jenny and my sister and I, we ruled the neighborhood, playing with each other almost every day. And with tears in our eyes, we said goodbye, and she gave me this little doll to remember her with. And I do. We said we would write letters every day. And we did, for a little while. But as the weeks rolled on, we life got in the way, and we stopped writing. And life continued on. The next time my family moved, we didn't say goodbye. We had only lived in Ohio for a few months and we hadn't really made friends, so there wasn't any goodbyes to say. But I do remember saying goodbye to my friends in Kansas. My dad had been dropping hints for a while that we were about to move. We just hadn't noticed. He had been asking me coy questions like, hey, Chris. What do you think about being a Wolverine at U of M? You know their softball team just won the championship. We could be a Wolverine, right? I was 15. I had not really ever had a big group of friends, but in my seventh grade year, I had actually found a group of kids that weren't turned off by my punk rock style at the time. They found my eccentricities fun, and I lived at the church at the time. I did everything the youth group had to offer, and my youth pastor was the one who said he would help me become a youth pastor. That goodbye hurt. I remember it in the photographs I have and in the letters they wrote me. These are how I remember saying goodbye this time, and I've held on to them like the others. But as a good church kid, 
I remember turning to my Bible this time, heartbroken about having to leave the friend group that I had finally found, a friend group that had finally accepted me. And so I went to the Bible and said, God, you're going to tell me how to say goodbye. You are going to show me how to do this. I demand it. But as I flipped through the Bible, I found out that there aren't too many formal goodbyes in the Bible. Yes, there's a few deathbed moments of the patriarchs where the patriarch blesses the sons or grandsons. But there isn't much about friends saying goodbye. The book of Deuteronomy has Moses' farewell sermon as he gives one last lesson to the people of Israel before they enter the promised land. But then you have someone like Elijah who brings his mentee Elisha to the edge of the river but doesn't say goodbye before he's taken up into the whirlwind before Elisha's eyes. The goodbye that I could find was Jesus as he ascends to heaven, but I didn't dare presume myself to be of the level of Jesus giving the final commission. So I turned to the Bible again and asked God, where is the goodbye? And what I turned to next was Paul. I read about how Paul went from community to community, starting up churches, but never staying too long because he was called to the next community over. We have his story and acts, but even more, we have his letters. And what I found as I was moving to Michigan was Paul's letter to the Philippians that reads, I thank God. Every time I remember you, in all of my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. And it struck me that Paul didn't just know how to say goodbye. He knew how to say goodbye well, and you could tell because this letter overflows with love. It pours out of every word in the letter to, to the Philippians. And so I began to be taken with the idea of not how to say goodbye, but how to say goodbye well. This was on my mind as I entered high school. Because I entered high school with a slightly different attitude than a lot of my peers. I had already moved a handful of times, and I knew at the end of high school I'd be going to college and having to say goodbye to them so I asked myself, Chris, how much do you want to invest yourself in these people that you'll be around for four years, but then you're going to have to say goodbye to them again? How much do I invest myself here? And I asked myself this same question four years later when I stepped onto Albion College's campus. Chris, how much do you want to invest yourself here? It was at the end of my freshman year of college that I learned how to say goodbye poorly. My family was moving yet again. We were moving back to Chicago and I was working at a summer camp that summer 
And because I needed to be at the summer camp four hours away, I didn't say goodbye. That one was the worst. By the time I had graduated college, my friend, my family had actually moved yet again. They were back in Kansas. But I decided to move to Detroit and worked at Westminster Church of the Detroit. But after a year, I told them goodbye too. In my farewell sermon to them, I read this same passage. I read from Philippians chapter 1 saying, I will give thanks to my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I will always give praise and joy. But in the, my next breath, here I was at seminary asking myself yet again, how much should I invest myself in this community that I'm going to be in for three years? I know I'm going to have to say goodbye. And then asking my, I had to ask myself the same question as I accepted a job at Kirk in the Hills for two years, knowing I would have to say goodbye. It was in the contract that this moment would come. And so here I am before you, standing and asking, what does it mean to say goodbye well? As someone who has had to say goodbye so many times in my 29 years on this good earth, I will tell you that saying goodbye well comes down to one thing. How much of yourself do you invest when you say hello? And my answer, you give everything. You give everything Every time you invest it all, you pour your heart into every hello. It doesn't make goodbye any easier. Frankly, it makes saying goodbye a whole lot harder. But you do this because you never know when God's going to show up. And I know that Jesus poured himself into the disciples, even though Jesus knew he was only going to be with them for three years. Paul poured himself into the communities he started, even though he knew he wasn't going to stay with them. Every town and every church he started, you give it all every single time. And that sting you feel when you have to say goodbye? I've come to learn that it's not something to be afraid of. No, it's the feeling of our hearts being knit together by the Spirit of God and having to endure the distance after being knit together. See, the body of Christ longs to be whole, and the body of Christ will only be whole when we are together as one, never have to say goodbye again. But we get small glimpses of this when we pour ourselves into each other every time. We get glimpses of heaven when we're all united, never have to say goodbye, 
We get glimpses of this moment in our hellos, in our hello again, in that I have missed you. It is so good to see you. I don't have anything to show you for one of the most impactful goodbyes of my life. I was standing on a train platform getting ready to travel to Israel-Palestine for th a three-week-long trip. That's when I got the call that my grandfather was in the hospital. He was unconscious and not likely to wake up again. My grandfather was a world traveler and had been so excited for me to go on this trip. And so after talking it over with my family, it was decided that he would l rather me go on this trip that he was so excited for me to take than to stand by a bedside knowing that he may not wake up again. But I remember a week into this trip, waking up at three o'clock in the morning out of a dead sleep to hear my grandfather's spirit say goodbye for now. A voice me message later that day confirmed that yes, he had indeed passed. Messages between my sister and my cousins confirmed that we all got a goodbye. But it wasn't a goodbye forever. We all had moments where we paused and we knew that he had gone to be with God. So the goodbye was more of a, I'll see you later, girls. I'll meet you here. In this goodbye, I saw the promise that I saw when I was 15 in this letter to the Philippians. It's the message that any goodbye we say is a temporary goodbye. That there will come a moment where we never have to say goodbye again. So saying goodbye well is all about saying hello well. Because God will greet us at the end of it all saying hello. My child, I am so glad to see you. We've been waiting for you. So, Kirk in the Hills, know this. I have poured all that I have and all that I am into my time with you. While yes, this is my farewell sermon and I will miss you all. Know that this goodbye is not final because no goodbye is final. It's more of a so long for now, ta-ta for now, if you want. And know this, I will give thanks to God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for you, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Be confident, be confident in this, that the one who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ.
it is right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart, whether I am serving in the next town over or across the world, confirming the gospel, all of you in God's grace with me. God can testify how I will long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that you love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen.